0: Things are changing here in Weld County. I've read newspaper articles on this. I've heard city employees of Greeley, Colorado, the county seat, give reports. It's a discussion that's been happening for a while. Things are changing by way of growth. Population. This area of the United States is one of the fastest growing in the nation. On track to double in size by 2050. With growth comes challenges, but also some really wonderful things too. Here in Greeley, a new library is being built. It's across from Weldworks Brewery in the old giant downtown Greeley Tribune building. It's called Link because it's across from the historic Lincoln Park but also because it's going to be a library and innovation center L I N C or Link for short In the heart of this building something special is being created A large-scale immersive experiential space is going in at the very center of the Link like the headwaters of a river and it'll probably be different than anything you've ever experienced before. The artist, Wes Bruce, who's done creative builds like this all over the U.S., is the head of this project. There's an area at the Poudre River in town. It's 100 acres around the river called Signature Bluffs. This is what's inspiring the space in the heart of the new library. Children and adults alike will enter this area. And I don't think I'm overselling this. I've seen Wes's work. They'll enter this area and then come out with eyes open and jaws dropped, amazed at what they've gone through. This is going to be a real gift to our community. In this podcast series, we'll be following the artist, Wes Bruce, while also threading together some stories unique to our community He'll be giving us insight into what he's making. And all the while, we'll be asking, in the coming flood of change, who do we want to be? This production is brought to you from the same people who produced Weld Found, a show about belonging and community. We're considering this a special series in the same vein as Weld Found. This show is made possible by the Weld Community Foundation celebrating 25 years of spreading the good. For more, head to weldcommunityfoundation.org. Extra support for this series comes from the NoCo Optimist and the High Plains Library District. With that, friends, we're so excited to present to you Where Water Flows Uphill. It's the summer, June, of 2018, and there's a man on the roof of my house, shouting and yelling. A crowd of kids and adults are gathered in front of my house, and they're yelling back at him. The man has a couple of bottles of mustard with him, those French's mustard squirt bottles, and he's loudly talking something about how his birthday party was ruined and how he refuses to eat birthday cake. And... He shoots mustard into his mouth and on the roof and on himself. At one point, he runs on my roof and does a somersault. In the crowd below, all the adults hold their breath while all the kids scream in delight. Now let me give some context here. This is a birthday party in 2018, a great one to be remembered forever. My oldest daughter, Lucy, was turning nine, and she wanted to have a spy birthday party, one that would involve sneaking and solving riddles. Both my wife and I are creative-type folks, so this is our jam. We planned it out. There would be a hallway with lasers they had to sneak through, which can be made with some yarn and tape, of course. There would be codes to puzzle out, costumes to disguise with. We had everything but a villain. So I asked my friend, an artist named Wes Bruce, would you do it? would you play the over-the-top melodramatic bad guy for a nine-year-old's birthday party? And here was Wes's response as how he remembers it. And and I need a villain.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, do you remember, like, your response?
1: Um, I mean, it was, like, very quick of, like, immediate yes, and I went into, like full summer camp mode where I was like all right so here's the characters I want to do here are the costumes that I want to wear I'm probably going to go to the arc first and then I'll go to Goodwill I'm thinking Pink Panther should make an appearance maybe Michael Jackson I was like are there lasers like <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was just like yeah. an immediate yes um with just knowing and loving Lucy for so long, I was like, absolutely, I want to jump in and help celebrate her. Oh, and and I go, <laughs> and I, I was excited that you were like all down for this. I was like, I'm gonna need access to the roof. <laughs> I'm gonna need. <laughs> and you're like, all right, let's yeah, do it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no,
0: I I remember I remember be like be like. Okay, Wes is gonna go all in, and I, I was really hoping he would, but I didn't expect you to go that far in and it was just it was the delight of me. And he also said, Can I get access to your roof? <laughs> Let's pause here a moment because you just met our protagonist in this entire series, Wes Bruce. As our story continues, I'm going to share with you three things that people first notice about Wes when they're getting to know him. Three things. The first thing that people notice about Wes is that he's a kid at heart. Wes has a playful spirit about him, this joy that he carries with him. And it's actually not in a silly way or something that makes you want to say to him, grow up, man. When you encounter it, it's genuine. And you think to yourself, oh, I wish I had, had a touch of that in my life, too. That's the first thing that people notice about Wes, his kid-like wonder and demeanor. I've got some audio from the start of the spy birthday party. It begins with like 16 kids in our kitchen, and we're going to show them the birthday cake. We lift off the cover of the cake. And many more. <laughs> the cake is gone. stolen. No. Who took it? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Where'd the cake go? Where's the cake? Did one of you guys steal the cake? One of our spies no. training. Um, it. No. did cool. Wait. Did somebody move all the presents? As the activities progress, we have a video where they meet the 'er ne'er-do-well who would do such a thing as steal a birthday cake. The audio is really low here, but the kids are watching a pre-recorded video of Wes. He's in a pink cowboy hat and sunglasses. He speaks with this ridiculous accent about how, when he turned nine, a boy ruined his cake by spraying mustard all over it. And ever since, Wes has decided never to take another bath. He's developed a phobia of water. He'll never eat cake, only mustard.
1: And he stole my cake, and he covered it in mustard. So, the entire life, I have been scared of water.
0: I know, right? Wes has gone deep into developing this character for a nine-year-old's birthday party. And they are all so into it. And so are Bethany and I. The party, like I said, is a great one. Wes surprises the kids on the roof at one point. They're all chasing him, but he escapes. It ends as a showdown at the park right by our house. The kids have water guns and they're shooting Wes, and he overcomes his fear of water and decides to stop getting mustard everywhere, and Lucy invites him to her party. Now, this was the climax of the whole thing. Bad guy, Mr. Mustard, has a change of heart, and he's invited to the party as the kids show him kindness. One of our neighbor kids, A young boy of, I think, eight, was still so angry with Wes. He's caught up in the caper. He kicks Wes hard in the shins. And Wes, in character still, crouched down, getting on the kid's level, and addressed the young boy. I can't remember exactly what he said, but I was there. I watched it. It was perfect for the moment. In character, Wes says, I'm sorry for stealing the cake but I've brought it back. I was acting bad because someone once ruined my cake, but would you allow me to come to your party? Would you forgive me? And this young kid pauses and then hugs Mr. Mustard. And then he stayed close by West the entire time afterward, joking with him, making sure he was enjoying the cake. For weeks afterward, he led kids in the neighborhood playing spy games while creating a welcoming environment. The second thing people notice about Wes, he has a real gravity about him, a wisdom. It's not just crazy kid-like silliness. It's a twinkle in the eye that also knows something deeper. There's meaning to the madness, purpose to the play. That especially comes out in the art that he creates. It's not all birthday parties and wackiness. In fact, several years ago, Wes helped to change the course of my life. Wes now lives in Brooklyn, but he's been coming in and out of Greeley this past year. He's creating a large scale installation at Link, a library and innovation center, a new building in downtown Greeley. This is happening through a grant from the Weld Community Foundation, from a fund called the Impact Fund, and from support from the High Plains Library District. This installation will be inspired by the river, the Poudre River. It'll be for kids, but I want to tell you, adults walking through this will be deeply impacted. I have another friend of mine who loves Wes's art, and I asked him to describe who Wes is for him, and he said this, a sage. Wes is like an adult Peter Pan. He's grown, but he has the wonder of youth that follows him and it's contagious. He brings mystery to a world that has been domesticated. With the art he does, he takes our hand and leads us to places of wonder. I'm so excited this is happening here in Weld County. I think the building of the link and the creation of Wes's installation is gonna be so great for us, especially in the face of such change happening in our area. We have a flood of population coming Weld County is actually on track to double in size in something like 50 years, growing by 20,000 every year. We are poised at the beginning of some big things here. And things are moving forward. The first steps are being taken. A new season is soon to be upon us. When we're stepping into something new, it can be good to have a guide. The third thing that people notice about Wes Bruce. So first, it's noticed that he has a kid-like spirit. Second, that spirit and joy has a lot of gravity. And third, well, that combination of wonder and wisdom tends to be inspiring. It can sometimes get people to ask themselves big questions like, who do I want to be in my life? Is there anything of courage and excitement that I've left as I've grown that maybe I'd like back? With all this in mind, I invite you, walk with me now. Let's head to the river with Wes. In this first walk is offered stories and thoughts when things were still at the beginning of the creative journey. But after that, we decided we should head to the river again and talk some more. So one interview became two, and really, I could sense this was going to be a whole special series for our podcast, not just one episode. And with each of these walks, I'd listen back while editing, and Wes would be talking about the fictional language inspired by water for the installation, or about the characters that will be hidden everywhere. And while editing the audio, I'd hear the wind in the trees, the call of birds, and I'd be reliving a beautiful time by the river again. I'm hoping you get that same sense listening in as well that while you enjoy these stories and insights, it also gives an experience of having a centering time in nature. Here's Wes and I on this first day together. It was actually a rare warm afternoon in November. The leaves on the cottonwoods were incredible with yellows and greens.
1: This little spot is what um, the natural area is named for this is the natural or sorry the signature bluffs. Uh-huh. natural area And it's this really nice little sandstone Outcrop that people carve their names in for Decades do they call it signature stone because of that signature bluffs. Yeah signature bluffs uh-huh. I mean. Yeah, it's like Noticeably cooler uh-huh. Right in here. Yeah, do you know the reason? the area like along the river is called a riparian Mm -hmm. ecosystem and with all the the plants that show up um, it just slows down the water when it gets trapped in root systems and sometimes beavers can really help do that too but then it creates shade then can cool it down and then all the leaf litter then is like good decomposition which just causes more trees to grow which makes it even cooler I'm just trying to look for some of the really old signatures. Most of these are new. Obviously, but there was a couple like from the '40s and '50s that used to be here.
0: And you said um, signature bluffs will be represented in a in a way in the installation.
1: Yeah, there's an area like when you come in and you sort of peel off and turn to the left in the installation. There's this really cool little rock area that's. Kind of grotto-esque and you'll be able to climb it kind of like a bouldering area but then in the mortar in between the stones there's going to be little things hidden um there's a fictional language for the installation for the project so there'll be little fictional language grabs hidden throughout and some of the same color palette too Like a very um, to kill a mockingbird interaction where I was like trading objects with somebody out of that oh, tree. No way. Yeah, for like a couple months. Like I would leave I would leave a feather and I would come back and there'd be an eggshell or and then what I put in there would be gone and be a gnome. Like <laughs> it was very, very cool. And I never saw it. That's awesome. Yeah. in maybe like 2014 or something and the river was like really roaring it was like up a lot there's like flood drift all over it's like kind of raging and there was this paddle boat that was kind of pinned against this stand of willows like up maybe 400 yards that way and I was like oh this is interesting I wonder if I could get it out and so I get in and it's kinda of in this spot where it's pinned and I can like be out of the main current cause it kinda of eddies out. And I like wrestle with the river in this boat for probably like two hours trying to get the boat into a spot where I can like manage to get it out of the shore and it's also completely full of water so it's so heavy so I can't just grab it and pull it. And so I eventually am able to go and get it out and drain it and then Am I gonna get in this boat in the river right now <laughs> when it's like full steam ahead <laughs> and I come down thinking I was gonna be down here for like an hour and a half or something like this yeah um but I'm like nope I gotta I gotta take this boat ride and I get in the boat and at the time I only have a tree branch and it's kind of just like a venetian uh, or a situation where you can't really paddle against the river with a tree branch when it's really going so it's just to push off of things that might sink me. And I have that for a little while and then eventually a, a really nice 2x4 drifts by me. So I switched <laughs> to a 2x4 and it sent me off into all these spaces that I hadn't walked in years. Um, a lot of areas of the river that felt like pretty distant to me. I'll take this way. and there's a lot of fun little interactions that happen along the way but it kind of climaxed into this moment where I knew that the spillway was coming eventually and I was gonna have to figure out what to do about the spillway whether I was gonna like jump out or try and steer to the shore before or to just try and go over it and (laughs) I decided to try and go over it and it's coming up it's coming up and the boat dips down and there's just like this like washing machine Circular thing that's happening at the bottom and I go and it just like BMX 80s launches the boat Straight up into the air and kicks me out backwards (laughs) And the boat is just literally like like pogo sticking up and down in this thing directly above me and I'm down there and My hat launches off. I lose the two by four and I'm just laughing hysterically. And I'm in like, like my daytime clothes. Like I think I might've come back like from substitute teaching or something. <laughs> I'm in like nice clothes <laughs> in the river, having the time of my life. And the boat then tips backwards. I kind of just duck under and swim and then pop out a little ways down. I'm like, wow, that was eventful. Far more of than I thought it was gonna be. And the boat goes, I flip it over again, I get back in, but now I don't have my hat or my two by four. So I'm just like, okay, I'll just keep drifting. And move back there. Um, we're going to go over there eventually. Okay. Um, but then after drifting for a little while, my hat comes back and the two by four comes back. So then I just keep the adventure going. And one of the things I want to do when I'm back is I stash that boat in a super discreet spot. There's a really good chance it's still there, unless it got uh, flooded out in this last round of floods. The boat adventures are some of my favorites. (laughs) So, all that to say, we might end up in a boat. (laughs) You never know.
0: (laughs) After a long walk, a little off the path, Wes and I arrived near the river and sat down under a fallen cottonwood tree, as the wind had really picked up. I asked Wes about the big picture of the installation he's creating. I'd heard him say before that the great hope, the goal of much of his art, is that people would have an experience of their fullest self, both inner world and outer world. While sitting, sheltered from the wind, Wes told me a story that explains this deep artist statement a little bit more. An experience he had that was just a fun, recreational type of adventure that opened its way into wonder, giving words to what happens in our inner life, a real-life metaphor he stumbled upon. It's a story about a cave he and his friends had been exploring for years.
1: So it's this cave in, like, in the canyon where my parents live, and the opening is literally about that big like it's really small and we call it heater cave um because we would go in the winter time because it's really hard to find in the summer because it's just like so thick with brush and all these just piles of rocks on a really steep canyon face but in the winter time if you go there and you shine a flashlight there's steam that comes out of the mouth of the cave so you look for the steam and then you climb into there and then there's a number of different ways you can kind of go down it's pretty tetris it's super muddy in there there's a lot of spots where it's like legitimately perilous and then you get into this spot where all those paths have led to one area and like that's you've reached the bottom and we've been going there for a long time and would love to get to that spot and and we were hanging out down there like you know it's kind of the middle of the night and I forget who it was but they like you know, just like look we just try to look in like every inch of the place and there's like this spot where it kind of dipped down and they were like um guys there's like another another passageway out of here and it was like a, a space that was like below what we thought was the bottom and it crawls down and you like gotta kind of snake your way into there and then it gets into this space that's A 100 times more beautiful than that other room was and it's literally like like someone has poured like crystal wax from the ceiling just dripping down and To me, that's that metaphor is there's like there's a singular space That's beyond all that other language, and you don't know what it is, and it's it's depth below the depth past what you already thought was the bottom and that idea of like there's so much more and it's so much more beautiful and you can't know what it is and sometimes you can't even have the awareness that there is another place. I love that feeling. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that feeling. Yeah. Uh, where was this cave at? Uh, it's in the Stanislaus River Canyon in Northern California. Yeah. yeah I mean, to a- me, the I mean, that gets into, like, all of, like, the the fuzzy stuff we're going to talk about. But it's, like, that place is wonderful just plainly in and of itself. And because we're human beings, um, and you and I particularly, like, think through metaphor, like, it just becomes, like, this is a gorgeous metaphor for the way that I do want to see life and, like, the ways that I would hope to be able to, like... Do that giving and receiving, and then to experience that and be like, "Yeah, I have to share this with yeah. you." Yeah, <laughs> and that's honestly a lot of the things that I've found that I end up in the installations are things that I've been so moved by because that feeling is so rich. And I, I would want the feeling that you're feeling for everybody, and and it's it's exhilarating and it's like a little confusing and it's um, it is the unknown, but instead of like fear of the unknown it's like this is this is leading me somewhere that i don't yet know but like what a rich sensation that is and it's also to, it, like really beautiful like the longer like we're adults um the more refreshing it is to continually see that like change happens cuz I, sometimes i feel like these moments of like well this is like this is how it is <laughs> this is like my life circumstance this is who i will be <laughs> So like when you like go through that threshold, which you can do sometimes out of intention, but most oftentimes the most significant ones are outside of your control. To step through those doorways, or or have the universe like crack a door for you and be like, see that light peeking through. Like there's there's more for you out there. Continue to live into that. Um, that's so good because you've like tasted something wonderful and you want more of it. You know.
0: Mm-hmm. You look to embody that and give space for that, in which areas of the installation you want to talk that about whole, it? That
1: whole, yeah, the, the installation starting in, in the front doorway, which is very much daytime, it's, it's um, spring and summer, it's the east and, and the dawn, and you work through that, it's, you know, it's high energy, it's very rhythmic, it's very playful, colorful, in the ways that you expect, and then you get about three quarters of the way through, and there's this this threshold that is presented to you, and it's um, I mean to put it in like that story of like the hero's journey, like you're on the edge of your ordinary world, and then you're given an opportunity, like to go further. Like in, in Lord of the Rings, where they come to this edge, he's like, one more step and this will be the furthest away I've ever been from home. And you know once he takes that step, he has entered the adventure. So that doorway is that moment of like, this is the furthest you've ever been away from home, metaphorically. But you step through that, and it goes from bright, um, kind of sunlit, to very dark. And you've entered that metaphor of... of cave or underwater or your subconscious and it's it's the back quarter portion and that's fall winter it's west it's it's sunset twilight and in that space like that's that's where paradox lives that's where things like really turn into the visuals and symbols and poetry of, of that soul language which really threads into just like all of the metaphors that I think we all live into and grow out of as human beings, like all of these deep ancient multi generational um, long wave symbols, so that space allows you to to face fears it's it's also like confronting your suffering and the suffering of others it's it's that um, that character of of death and life, and most oftentimes it's it stops with that death character as, as scary, but in our context, death and life are played by two people, and it is. The death character is actually the creator in, in the mythology. And so it's, it's vibrancy and, like, coming alongside you to, like, walk you through those scary parts, to walk you through grief, to walk you through that, that tearing, uh, that stretching. And that's where the film happens as well, which gives visual for all of those different references and metaphors, which you then, eventually you have to come back out of that space and there's all those different cave elements, you come back to the light and you bring all the gifts that you found um, and it becomes kind of like the point of the journey through the whole installation. Like if you don't get into that cave area, of course you play, you have fun, it's a good time. But like the deeper motivation is that people would go there participate with those metaphorical gifts that are very particular to their lived experience. And it's like turning on a light switch in your own center and seeing what's in there and being like, this is the gift that I bring back to offer to the world.
0: I think you can see now why I'd call my friend Wes a guide. He's creating art that is helping people experience their fullest selves, outer life and inner life, kids and adults alike. The very flow of this installation, the first 75% of it, is colorful and playful and vibrant, things to climb on. Then the last fourth, it's like a cave to explore. A little bit darker, where you face fears and learn about yourself. A hero's journey. And when you return, you share what you've learned and bring back gifts for others. I appreciate the depth of this so much. And aside here, often when I think about Wes, sometimes I think of certain fictional characters from popular stories. I would call it the wise fool, or the playful sage. You've got Rafiki from The Lion King, or Moana's grandma, or Yoda from Star Wars, the Cheshire Cat, characters with a trickster, playful quality, who also have a wisdom. I've heard it said, it's like joy with a bass note. I would put Mary Poppins in this category too, maybe Willy Wonka. These characters are on the edge, maybe taking you to places you're scared to go, but they know something that you don't, and they're willing to be the push that gets you there to discover something about yourself. Wes is a friend who would turn to you and say, "'Maybe we'll find a boat on one of our walks. "'Who knows? And you get a little nervous because he's serious. And that's the thing about these characters in the fictional stories. They are often the catalyst that gets the main character out of their rut, out of their safe life, poking holes in reality as they know it. Moana's grandma shows her where the old ships are stored and gets her off the island. Mary Poppins disrupts the family and changes the heart of Mr. Banks, Yoda takes Luke on a new path to learn the Force. Have you met people like that in real life, your own life? Playful, twinkle-in-their-eye people who make you question your own day-to-day reality, maybe a teacher or a coach or a family member. Friends, they're rare, but they exist. This friend of mine, Wes Bruce, He's been a wise fool, a playful sage to many people, especially in the art he creates. I want to close with this. Wes and I were talking about how I feel like he's a wise fool, a guide, and and he told me about Rumi, a poet that he loves, and how Rumi took his play very seriously. And so I asked him, yourself, I, I feel like you're probably one of the most playful people I know. Um, would you say that you take your play seriously?
1: hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Like I, 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 Can we stop for a moment and talk about that? Yeah. It's always been really easy for me to have joy and to, and to find, um, little, little notches to get into a spot to enjoy myself doing something Um, a lot of times that's like physically like climbing a tree or like just being very bouncy my knees still work great (laughs) I'm 36 and I I think that it is literally and figuratively like a a body in motion stays in motion Um, so physically I still deeply enjoy it but then even more so from like a just like a life posture, um, it's incredibly important that I stay in tune with my inner child to to have like that that thread that kind of goes through all throughout my life but then to be able to know that that's like this wellspring for me to be able to continue to stay in touch with those deeper parts of me and the way that it wants to show up in my life to manifest or to to come to fruition uh, oftentimes is to participate with those joyful, exuberant moments, and I found that like the older I get, the more space there is to incorporate all of the things you would think of as like the air quote like hard parts of life, the the difficult, challenging interactions. Like joy has room for all of that. Playfulness has room for all of that. And I don't know exactly how to explain how it works. It's more just like a a feeling that I have, but I know one of the reasons that I'm on the planet, and I've been able to only feel like I know this in the last couple years to be able to say it, this directly, but one of the reasons I'm on the planet is because joy comes really naturally to me. Like it's like, it's a spring that doesn't go dry and I feel really compelled to share that, while at the same time experiencing things in my life that are hard, knowing that everybody else is ex- also experiencing things in their life that are really hard. But my joy well, my joy spring doesn't dry up, so I'm like, oh, I need to share this. Like, why am I just gonna keep all this water and all these buckets just for myself? I could be so much better shared. And it's something that i I'm gifted to be able to have come so naturally and so it's a really good fit to make things like we're making because what a better place to put it in a, in a, a library where there's going to be people of all ages that are showing up some having hard days some having great days but there's room for all of those emotions in it and to me it feels like a life really well lived to be able to impart like a well-seasoned joy to people. It says like, take as much as you can, take it for when you have a dark day, for when you need it, and you can find however you define God in all of that. You can find your deepest self in that. You can find threads to literally everything else in the world from that centered, joyful place, and it's yours, and you get to own it, and then hopefully find your own wellspring Of that, whatever flavor it is, and then you get to share it too. Like it's a prompt for reciprocity.
0: Absolutely. We've mentioned this, but there's a film being created alongside the installation. It mirrors that hero's journey, someone going through the exhibit experiences. In our next episode of Where Water Flows Uphill, we're going to surprise the young girl who will become the protagonist of the film. She plays a wildflower who meets willows and the sun and moon, a panther. We let Wes talk her through an imaginative journey of the installation as he envisions it, and then we ask her if she would be the lead in the movie. This young girl is 12 years old. Her name is Lucy, my oldest daughter. Music for today's show is from composer James Ryan. It's the same music that's going to be used for Wes's installation and the art film, Many thanks to James for letting us use it. Thank you to Dave Farrell, a faculty member at Ames Community College who helped with the sound engineering and mixing on this episode. Huge thanks to the High Plains Library District for their help and the NoCo Optimist. As always, thank you to the Weld Community Foundation who makes this production possible. By the way, if you'd like to meet Wes, see him in person, He is the main presenter at the Foundation's luncheon this year. He's speaking at the Doubletree on Thursday afternoon, October 20th. Come to weldcommunityfoundation.org for tickets to the event. We'll also be setting up walkthroughs of the new Link building as well. Thanks for listening to Where Water Flows Uphill, a special series from WeldFound. If you're enjoying it, rate the show, share it with a friend, and stay tuned for our next episode coming your way soon.